0: I'm Sergeant Rachel Simonis, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Beyond the Horizon, a podcast produced by the Ohio Air National Guard's 178th Wing in Springfield, Ohio. On today's episode, our guest is the outgoing 178th Wing Commander, Colonel Greg Hesterman. We'll be discussing his military background and his take on what it means to be a leader. We'll also be talking about Colonel Hesterman's new role up at the state of Ohio. All right, so Colonel Hesterman, can you tell me a little bit about what initially motivated you to join the military?
1: Sure, absolutely. That's uh, Pensacola Naval Air Station where I I flew the T-34 Mentor, the Mighty Mentor, uh, got about 100 hours in that aircraft and then went to fly multi-engine, the T-44. It's a King Air, a small twin-engine King Air down in Corpus Christi, got winged in Corpus, Uh, in 1994, early 1994, and got picked to be one of only two squadrons that flew um, the Takamo aircraft. It's called the Take Charge and Move Out. Um, We did strategic communications. It's big like a KC-135 or an AWACS, but we strung a five-mile-long antenna out the back and talked to missile fields and uh, ballistic missile submarines around the world uh, while we flew. Did that for about four and a half years and was stationed at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. And so I decided we want to stay in Oklahoma. So I went to Vance Air Force Base and flew the T-37 with the Air Force while I was still serving in the Navy, which was really cool. Um, It was neat to see the differences. And the best part is that's where I learned about the Air National Guard because we had students come through. They were going to the Air National Guard, and the Navy doesn't have a National Guard. So I learned a lot, and I'm like, that sounds really cool. So um, I started shopping around for uh, tanker units because I thought that would be the easiest transition for me, being a big, heavy guy. And uh, came and visited. They let me take a T-37 on training with another instructor, and I flew to Columbus and checked it out. And I called my wife. I said, I found our new home. And we moved there in 2001, and I flew the tanker for about 17 years. And it was great. And I would say flying big airplanes is probably um, one of the most instrumental things that shaped my leadership. And and here's why. In, in big airplanes, they, they figured out pretty early a lot of airplanes were crashing because the communication in the cockpit was not effective. So they instituted new training for all heavy pilots – Call crew resource management where you you may be the aircraft commander so the guy in charge, but you have a crew of people on the E6 we actually had up to 18 people and why not use those people to help you in making decisions and moving forward? So they taught us how to effectively communicate with people, receive their inputs, um, get their recommendations, and then make a decision to move forward. The key to that is you can't wait for a crisis to build those relationships. Every day you went out pre-flight an airplane flew, you had to build those relationships. So when things went bad, you already had those relationships built, the trust built, and then you were able to employ that and make good decisions uh, in getting the airplane down safely. Well, that works really well in leading people, no matter what you're doing. And I would say, I still try to do that today. It's, It's a challenge at times because you got to learn when to speak and when not to speak um, in order to get their input. It's funny how, especially as a wing commander, you say something, all of a sudden it becomes everybody's opinion. And so really you need to learn to be silent and to to get the input, the unbiased input first, and then set a a course of action and a direction and explain the why because you want the whole team to understand the why so as you're going forward they'll support you. And I'd say that's probably been the biggest impact I've had um, throughout my career and especially the building relationship every day so that when the crisis happens you're ready to, to deal with it
0: so you talked a little bit about um the challenges of leading people and how your experiences flying kind of have helped you overcome that um what are some of the biggest challenges you faced as a wing commu- as a wing commander um, at this level you
1: know not not There isn't really any one thing that uh, stands out. I'd say probably the biggest challenge was all I had to learn. Um, The 170th mission set coming in as an outsider, um, it's hands down the most diverse, complex mission set I've ever been exposed to in 28 years. Um, From the intelligence mission to the RPA mission, I understood the med group and and mission support group and headquarters because I'd had exposure to that. But learning that was a huge challenge for me. Um, The awesome part was the people around me on the team helping me were absolutely amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better team at every level, not just, you know, and Chief Bunker and Colonel Fitzgerald, but the group commanders, the squadron commanders, um, the senior enlisted, the junior officers, the airmen, and it was just even though at times I have may, may have failed or whatever, they were very gracious and helped me and helped me learn even more to make sure I looked successful. Even though a lot of times <laughs> it was just because they prepared me well enough to be successful.
0: So we don't have to use this question because I'm kind of putting you on the spot. But um, was there one moment throughout your time as the 178th commander that really stood out to you as, um, you know, maybe the most rewarding moment that you experienced?
1: I wouldn't say it was, it was one moment. Um, Any time that I had the opportunity to share our story with outsiders, so whether it was General Harris or Adjutant General coming in and getting in behind the, the doors of the skiffs to see what the airmen are doing there or on our community day when we brought community leaders in and just got a chance to tell our story and really for our airmen to have the chance to tell the story of the 170th Wing, when I look back over the last two and a half years, that's the part that I, it just makes me swell with pride to be a part of an organization that's making an impact in every realm. We just so we're getting ready to award our second ever General Mechambyer Trophy at the ball um, coming up uh, first weekend in November. Um, reading the 1206s and all the various units, it was amazing to see all that they had accomplished. And that wasn't me doing that. It was the airmen doing it, and a lot of times it was junior airmen making these things happen. And just seeing that, it, it was a reminder to me, even in the heaviness of command and making hard decisions and dealing with the junk of that humans can sometimes bring uh, to the job. It's easy to forget the awesomeness of what happens out here. And honestly, I think sometimes the airmen don't even realize the impact that they're making. And um, so, if I was to say what was the most successful or enjoyable piece, it was getting to tell the story about what goes on out here. Okay,
0: so you talk about military experience. So you talked a little bit about how your personal experiences shaped um, kind of how you lead others. But what characteristics in general do you think make a good leader?
1: Um, I could talk a lot about that. Uh, I think the first thing that, that helps a leader really be successful is being selfless. People are smart and they figure out real quick what is motivating somebody in a leadership position and if it's all about them I mean not the airman but the leader um they sniff that out real quick um and it can't be faked either when when there's a genuineness uh and a willingness to put others first i think that that is absolutely key i think having true empathy for the airman and and what people go through you know um I have seen a lot of heartache in situations that are very, very difficult and had to walk through some difficult decisions and and circumstances. But I think when you can demonstrate true empathy for what they're dealing with, it doesn't mean you necessarily, maybe they made a bad decision and that's why they're in, in a bad spot. It doesn't mean you're condoning what they did, but you can just understand how they're feeling and where they're at. I think that helps a leader really be successful um and lastly- lastly, I would say um an absolute critical piece is having a very strong moral compass um it kind of goes back to the being selfless if if you don't have something to ground you to make good wise decisions, it doesn't mean you're always right, but to at least do it ethically and in a way that people can't question your motives um I think airmen really appreciate that um Again, they sniff out real quick if you're just trying to, to be fast and loose or try to, um, you know, skip the rules, that sort of thing. But if you're trying to do it right while you still show empathy and, and it's not about you but you're caring for your airmen, um, they'll honor that. Even if they don't necessarily agree with your ultimate decision, um, they'll respect you because they know you, you're, you're following a compass that is true and and right and that can really help you as you try to go about leading at any level.
0: So what would you say, we talked a little bit about some rewarding times for you or what you found rewarding as commander. Um, And this is a little bit similar, but what are some of your biggest accomplishments from your time at the One Seventy Eighth wing?
1: I would say um, it comes down to basically three things. Um, And they all, more had to do with personal growth. That's probably not what you're looking for, but that's what I'm going to give you as an answer because I, I really believe this. Um, the amount I've learned, as I've already talked about, has just been huge. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure if I'd stayed in, in my old wing, um, I could have ended up in this role as well. But I would not have grown as much as a leader um, to help make a difference because it would have been staying within my comfort zone. Uh, the last two and a half years, I've learned a ton. The other thing I think that has been such a blessing to me is the new relationships, the new people, Um, year one, you know, but I think about all the people in the wing that I've gotten to know that I wouldn't have if I just stayed again in my comfort zone with people that I love dearly and appreciate and still am excited to see, you know, 17 years at a wing, uh, you develop some really strong relationships. But now I have even more and that is just an even bigger Uh, a blessing to me um, as I go about my career. It's fun to know I've, you know, in Ohio, I've been part of half of the wings in Ohio now, and that's really awesome. And then just gaining a true appreciation for what occurs out here. Um, I know coming in, I had no grasp of the amount of mission execution that occurs on a daily basis here within the wing um, across the board. And my appreciation for that has just grown tremendously. So when I look back at it, the last two and a half years, what I'm most proud of, it's those three things, what I have learned, the relationships I've built, and just a greater appreciation for what's going on inside the Ohio Air National Guard.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some um, diverse mission sets just within our state, and I think it's awesome that you've had the opportunity to um, go and touch on several of them now. So we talked a little bit about, um, you know, your past background, your current role, and you're also transitioning to a new role. So can you talk a little bit about where you're headed and uh, what that entails for you?
1: Sure. So I am – General Camp asked me to come up uh, to join force headquarters there at Beeler Armory in Columbus uh, to be his director of staff. So I'll actually be working for General O'Connor. Uh, 178th alumni, uh, who is the chief of staff and running the A staff for the state of Ohio. What that means is everything from um, A1 personnel, operations, um, engineering, to future missions all falls under the A staff. A lot of the A staff um, is actually made up from people that are dual-hatted within the wings, but... There is a full-time contention as well that I'll be working with. So it's making sure the Wings have everything they need to be successful. Uh, again, promotions, um, future missions, mission execution, uh, helping if there's a need with things such as contracting or fiscal uh, requirements, those sorts of things as well. My job is really uh, customer support of the Wings and GSUs across the state, which I'm very excited to do.
0: So as you enter this new role, um, what are some goals you have for yourself? We talked about, you know, things you've accomplished here. What do you want to accomplish um, when you take on this new position?
1: Yeah, so um, I've had a little bit of time to think about that. I think uh, the big thing is I need to learn about the other wings in Ohio and some of the GSUs, you know, uh, folks like the Red Horse that do amazing stuff. I really, I know a little bit. I need to grow more and and learn a whole lot more so I can support them um, as much as possible. And then so I want to support the airmen at every level and the commanders and then also support General Camp and General Harris and General O'Connor to make sure they have everything they need so as they go out and represent for Ohio, um, whether it's at the governor's office or the National Guard Bureau, that they have everything they need to be prepared so they can be as successful as possible in advocating for any of the 5,000 airmen in Ohio.
0: So as you're moving up and heading up to state, um, thinking about when you first started out in your career, what advice would you give that brand new airman or lieutenant um, in order for them to become a successful leader?
1: Yeah. I could spend a lot of time talking about this too. Mm -hmm. I I think as a leader um, at any level so whether you're an A1C or a lieutenant colonel or a colonel um, the same attributes will apply. I think first thing is put others first. Don't make it about you as I already talked about. Um, When you put others first people want to be around those type of people, right? Nobody wants to put around we all know people that Put themselves first. Um, they're not a lot of fun to hang around with. So do that, and don't worry about the next thing, the next promotion, the next job. Um, what I've seen um, is, I look back over the last 28 years, my career path looks nothing like what I thought it would. And there was jobs at times where I said, I never want to be in that job, and a year later, I was doing it. I actually did that uh, as a mission support group commander. And it ended up being the best job I've ever had. So don't worry about that. If you work hard and do the right things, I guarantee you, you're going to get recognized and people are going to help you find a job to grow you. Um, and so I guess that would probably lead on the next piece is don't stay in your comfort zone, get outside. You know, nobody likes changing units. Nobody likes leaving their friends, but I'll, I'll just tell you, you're only going to be blessed by building those additional relationships. Um, I think another piece, it it has to do with being more strategic in your thinking. It's very human nature is to think, to be kind of tribal and to think about just what's going on inside either your flight or your squadron. Um, Not that that isn't important and you want to have those relationships and understand what's going on there. But if you can understand how what you're doing fits into the larger picture, whether You know, if you're thinking of the flight, how it fits into the squadron or group, or if you're at the squadron level, how it fits into the wing and even at the national level. Um, It's going to help you make informed decisions. You're going to help your boss, which is always a good thing. I guarantee you that they'll appreciate that. Um, But it'll just make you a better airman and, and allow you to be more successful because you see the larger picture. And any opportunity you get to do that, take it, whether it's going on a Uh, State partnership trip or going up to be to help with something a board or something take those opportunities So you can build more relationships learn more about the Ohio National Guard as well as the Air National Guard as a national entity and Just make sure you're growing every day because if you do that you're gonna you're gonna be nothing but successful
0: Yeah, I think the stepping out of the comfort zone piece is really important especially for guardsmen because Sometimes people end up spending their whole career in one unit, and it's awesome that you mentioned the importance of being able to get out and, like you said, challenge yourself with new roles, and I think that's really an important takeaway. I would agree. Okay, so do you have any final words for the 178th Airman or um, the Airman, you know, for the, from the state of Ohio?
1: Yeah, two things. Um, one, just a huge thanks to everybody. Um Ah, uh, it's just been an amazing experience. Um, it's been hard. It's been the hardest job I've ever had, by far. Um, but it's just amazing to see what goes on here, and to be a part of it, even for a very short period of time, has just been awesome. Um, the other thing I would say is I am incredibly excited about the future for the 178th. When I think about Colonel Fitzgerald taking command. And getting to build our team as Chief Bunker moves up and the leadership that we have in place now. And then I think of the the young airmen and the their ability to adapt to a changing environment. Um, I just think, honestly, and this isn't because of me or my leadership or anything, but I think that the future of the 178th has got to be um, – probably the strongest out of the four wings in, in Ohio. I'm biased, but I really believe that. Um, but also in the International Guard, I think with our mission set and and our success at what we do every day, the future is very, very bright. So it's going to be a lot of fun to support the 178th going forward, to support Colonel Fitzgerald and the team here, um, because I know there's just going to be even greater things going on in the years to come
0: and that's a wrap make sure you subscribe and leave us a rate and review stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be interviewing the incoming 178th wing commander colonel kimberly fitzgerald if you're looking for more ways to connect with the 178th wing you can check us out on facebook instagram and twitter feel free to shoot us an email at beyond the horizon podcast at gmail.com with any questions you might have for us we look forward to connecting Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of Beyond the Horizon.